Hey guys, Nick here. Just giving you a quick spoiler warning for episode 3 of Hawkeye. Uh, if you haven't seen episode 3 of Hawkeye yet, please do not continue listening. But if you have, uh, enjoy. Listen, all I'm saying is, why would you not want to go see Imagine Dragons with your girl, you know? Why do you pick the most small... Because it's important, okay? No, I, okay. It's important. Hang, the hang fine on, detail in a, in a hold TV up, hold series. Up. So last week, you're sitting here talking about Hawkeye getting questioned and badgered at the fucking urinal. And now this week, you're talking about how fucking Ivan or Ruski or whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> you're talking about how he bought tickets to go see the Imagine Dragons. Yeah, because, you know, listen, I would like to go see the Imagine Dragons, would you? Look, 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 not saying I would. Imagine Dragons is quite good. But why, again, is that what you're thinking of? Because it's very, it's in a very important detail that may, you know, turn the page for Kate Bishop with the relation with the tracksuit mafia. You don't know. Oh, oh yeah, she's going to bond and join yeah, she, the tracksuit mafia. Listen, she was trying to bomb with them, okay? And I think it was a very helpful... You ever tactic. consider maybe that she was just scared out of her mind and was making conversation to try and keep herself occupied from the fact that these guys could kill me at any second? No, because heroes keep it cool. And um, welcome, everyone, back to the Eminem Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Mike. And today we are discussing episode three of the Hawkeye series. Another great episode. Probably one of my favorites so far. Oh, this one was the best. This one was probably the best, considering the action. I said, I said on Twitter, the action, the comedy... It's just great. And even the storytelling is amazing. Uh, we get introductions with Echo, Maya Lopez. We see an introduction of uh, Cameo from Kingpin, I think, for the first time. And we see a lot, a lot of great action. Well, this show lived up to what we were expecting from it today. And, you know, look, there's still a lot more to come with this show. So after today's episode, we have firmly met Echo. We got a tease of a potential Kingpin appearance. And... We still have Yelena, who has yet to make any sort of mark on this show. I'm telling you, man, she's gonna she's gonna wind up coming at least in the fifth or sixth. No, episode. I, know, I I understand that, but that means there's still so much to come, and the mystery surrounding Armand Duquesne the Third's death, even though it's no fucking mystery, and everyone knows you did it. <laughs> I mean, listen, okay, listen, when you have a six episode TV series, you gotta you gotta make it short and sweet. Okay, you know, yeah, and w- let's just start there. So obviously, Armand Duquesne gets killed in episode one of Hawkeye. And then the the Ronin gets blamed for it. Okay, fine, simple, easy, breezy enough. Yes. But then it's like, oh my god, who could, who could have possibly done get it, man? Sword, it's like, yeah. no, we saw one guy who's a sword enthusiast literally break up the sword from the rubble of the fucking auction, <laughs> okay? And then all of a sudden, this guy's a, a master fenceman. Master fenceman. Well, I mean, what, what other word am I supposed to use? I know, I know, you're right. So, and now all of a sudden, he's like this master fencer, and it's like, so it's Jack, right? Yeah, it's, it's Jack. It's pretty much Jack. And now the ending of this episode, I think, finally sets that up because this episode ends with Hawkeye and Kate Bishop up in the mom's apartment, and Jack puts the Ronin sword to the throat of yeah. Clint Barton. I mean, at that point, which is actually kind of a bit of irony, considering that was literally Clint's weapon for five years. No, it was, and I think I'm I'm trying to figure out if in the fourth episode of the series they're going to have a maybe a miniature fight. Because I, I thought I saw like some sort of TV spot or a clip on YouTube about them having dinner together. It was the four of them or whatever. You but know, at the end of the day, man, it's Marvel. I could be wrong. I don't know. Th- maybe it was a fake shot. Maybe it was a fake like shot. Like Hulk in the Infinity War trailer. 
that was that's a disappointment. How is that a disappointment? That, I'm, I'm not going to get into it until the movie comes until we discuss that movie. I'm sure, but, I'm sure you have your issues. You and your brother have your issues with the Avengers movies. I see. Listen, Stacy has an issue with Hawkeye. She didn't even watch the show yet. No, she did. Oh, she watched it. She did. She, All right, thank Christ. She caught on to it and she watched the first two. She really liked it. And then, as we were midway through this episode today, she just looks at me and she's like, "I don't like Jack." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> he's not a good dude, man." She's like, "I don't like Jack." Yeah, she's like, "I don't like Jack." I'm like, "Yeah, he's sus. I think that's what he's supposed to be, though." He's pretty sus. But but anyway, yeah. So we get more the really so the beginning of this episode really starts off with Maya Lopez, aka Echo, and her father, and she's learning how to deal with things as she is all besides being uh, deaf. She's actually handicapped, I think, on her right leg or right foot. Um, and she notices things like how to fight and how, how you position yourself. And she learns to become this, this basic fighter that she is in the comics. Um, and then at this point, you see Clip going back to Avengers Endgame with Hawkeye when he was Ronin during that five-year uh, snap with Thanos. So you have at that point where... She the turns out the person that killed her father was Hawkeye, aka Ronan, the accuser. The, no, the, <laughs> the, 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 the Ronan. So you find that out, and I thought that was pretty cool because I like how they connected the story with that and why it meant so much that Ronan was a part of the tracksuit mafia and how it's important to her. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things that we didn't get to see a lot of an Endgame because Endgame was just such a packed movie to begin with. Yeah, you don't, you get to see Quint. Oh, uh, took out some federales in Mexico, or you see him take out the the mob guy or organized crime guy in Japan. Right. But you never see the full extent of his activities. And we find out here, it's like he was the going around New York, cutting out heads of organized crime that mm-hmm. were growing in the wake of the blip, and. That's a fair assumption, actually, to kind of extrapolate from that, that because of the blip, there was a big power vacuum and organized crime, potentially headed up by a Wilson Fisk type, took the place. It's also making sense of how it kind kind of the series also connects to, I would say, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, given the fact that people, even in that show, considered that the blip or Thanos' snap, I get, was it the blip? It was the blip. I don't even know. One of the snap, the first snap that happened that Thanos created, basically, yeah. was that that snap was automatically correct. That was the right thing to do. People agreed with that, and it shouldn't have been undone, because that's how people feel in this show too. Yeah, that the snap should have that. That's it. You know. Well, we saw that in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, you could see how the whole world was affected by, it and how people did agree with what happened. Well, maybe they didn't agree with it, but they kind of came to terms with it. I'd and, say some people did because you know well, what? I mean, yeah, there's some look. If, if the MCU is supposed to be based on our world, well, yeah, and something like that happened here, you know, there would be some people on this planet that are like, "I'm glad half of us are gone." Yeah, because you realize how many people would increase their, you know, stuff in their favor. You realize how many people would be where they are now and be like, say, like you were head of a, you were like co-owner to a company, and I could be like the head of the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. But and that's what that's where we get like into Kingpin and how he relates to this TV series as well because Kingpin is like a mob boss. He's Kingpin, the, Kingpin is the head of an organized crime ring in New yeah. York. And I, I look, Hawkeye kind of hints at it when he's like, "And you don't want to mess with that guy." Right. I think they may have already come face to face. No, they have because in, in, in uh, Fisk. Yeah, because he has definitely mentioned him. He's like, because Ronan and him had had beef, you know, 
Ronin, the Ronin has been going around now places. Now, again, I don't know if Fisk knew the Ronin is Quint Barton. No, because then he would be going after him. Because otherwise, yeah, exactly. They There would be a target on Quint. Mm-hmm. Again, this is all assuming Wilson Fisk is going to be in the show. But with the rumors and everything, I think it's a fair assumption and at the this ca- point. And the cameo that he – that uh, basically that's Echo's uncle, yeah. Maya Lopez's uncle pretty much. Well, because – Obviously, with what happens with her father, it would make sense that Fisk kind of steps in. Pretty much. I mean, you she's pretty like that. Like Hawk, I said, Maya Lopez isn't the leader. Yeah. So there's some there's somebody above her. And let me tell you this: one of the most interesting things about this episode, I thought, was the fact that a large chunk of it, Quint was dealing without his hearing aid. That was I thought was there were some very funny scenes with that, mm-hmm. like especially at the at the beginning and the end, really, where he was like. We should feed the dog. <laughs> yeah, where he because he can't hear what Kate Bishop is saying. He said like the complete opposite of what she was saying. Like she said, she said something first, then he said the opposite of that. It was just hilarious. And one of the things they've really done because obviously Hawkeye was supposed to be not supposed to be. He is deaf in the comics. He is deaf in the comics. So I like the fact that we're seeing him work in that realm a little bit. Obviously, since we've known Quint Barton so long on TV and in the movies. Mm-hmm. That we're kind of accustomed to him not having that issue. But I like that they brought it in. And I like that it came back up. And, like, Maya Lopez kind of bonds with Clint at first over it. Like, he could, she kind of senses. But then it's like, Clint's like, yeah, I'm just hard of hearing. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, never mind. You're yeah. not like me at all. No, you're not. And, obviously, you know, Echo is deaf as well. And it's kind of interesting. Because I like that direction they've taken. And this episode today, like you said, did a lot with comedy. And a lot was based around that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they, especially like the the scene where um, Kate and Quint are talking on the phone with Nathaniel, and that, that got me actually emotional because because that is a moment that was built using that fact that Quint couldn't hear to grow a relationship of some sorts between Kate and him. That's what I enjoyed. That scene got me like not I wasn't like crying, but like that scene got me. Just emotional. admit it. You you had man tears. No, it was, it was very emotional. Okay. I was, ima- listen, imagine not being able to hear your son. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. Like, that's upsetting. And But you, like you say, you build that connection, and that's how, you know, it starts. Listen, the third episode is only six episodes. you got to form a connection at some point with the, with the other person. Well, yeah, because the first episode, they don't even meet till the last five seconds. Right, exactly. You know, and then second episode, obviously, they were. And, like, you know, look, the whole, the whole idea of their bond is basically that Kate Bishop is – a fangirl <laughs> pretty much to the Avengers, but in particular Hawkeye, because Hawkeye saved her life in 2012. Right. She's so she has this fangirl vibe to her, which I mean, look in MCU, you know, you come across a Tony Stark or a Quint Barton or a Steve Rogers, an Avenger of the, of, of the, the rank that they are. Yes. It makes sense that someone would be a fanboy or a fangirl over them. No, she's like the Spider-Man to the Tony Stark. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. Just not not in the same powers and no, stuff like no, that. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, as tutor. I mean, like a role like, model. Like, like yeah, Quint I mean, is her like... mentor. You know, even here, like, whereas Peter is definitely being mentored by Tony, Peter to me always felt like more of his own separate thing, because we know what Spider Man is. We've had Spider Man around for twenty years in movies, yes, and much longer in the comics, and he's one of the most popular characters of all time. Kate Bishop is a relative unknown, and her ties to the MCU are directly through Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter Parker's brought in via Tony Stark, but we know that there was another incident beforehand. Yes, we know that. 
but we just, just never see it. No, we just never see it. But uh, maybe they'll mention it in No Way Home. You don't know. Spider Man No Way Home. Imagine they mention Ben Parker, No Way Home. Look, I wouldn't be surprised, but we'll save that for the next No Way Home discussion because we could go on for hours with we got that. Got two weeks before that comes up. Yeah. Uh, but back to this. I mean, they really did a good job here with the action, I thought, as well. And might I just bring up yeah, tell the Pim Arrow? That I saw right away. I'm like, no shot. Yeah. That arrow made a bit made a bigger arrow, which was great. So, obviously based off Hank Pym's technology, but they're fighting on the bridge, and you you put something on Twitter about that as well. I said so. I'm guessing Spider-Man No Way Home is the only TV slash movie series with the bridge scene. Yeah, well, I mean that's just a running joke because everything we see from No Way Home is seemingly on that bridge. Yeah, seemingly on the bridge. There's nothing else that they put about it, you know. You know, but. You're right, and this bridge fight was insane because you had Quentin Kate fighting against the tracksuit mafia and Echo after they had escaped that imprisonment or whatever they were left in at the end they, of the second they, episode. They were left in, funny enough, they were left in a KB Toys, KMB Toys, which was like a toy, it was a toy place for kids back I, in like... Hang on, didn't they close down though? They closed down in 2009, uh, they were like bankrupt from like 2004 to 2008. I remember going there all the time as a kid. I went all the time as a kid, and I saw, I was, I saw that, and I'm like, wow, they actually did that. So that was the, that was their warehouse. That was where they, that was where they were hiding out. Oh my god! And now they had to move because they were compromised. Yeah, not and they they really did do a good job with that. And I I, I do like that small detail. You know that's a that's a that's a piece of my childhood right there. Yeah, I saw that. I was like interesting, and even the fact that I don't know there was like carnival rides and stuff in there too. They had like the pony rides or whatever. But um, but also the tracksuit mafia. Getting into that, like I don't know if I discussed. The scene with like the Imagine Dragon tickets and stuff like that. It, it was like a, <laughs> that funny little bit. Um, but you also see uh Kazi, what I didn't realize I, he's actually a comic book character too. He's known as the clown in I the did not know that in the comics. I did not so know that. he's like a he's like a joker from like DC, like but he's known as the clown. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But I like I see like we got a little bit more of his character in this episode, I think. Just yeah. a little bit more, not as much as I'd like to see. Well, we see that him and um Maya both kind of have this well, we see it in one brief instance where it's like, do, do you want what if my uncle finds out or something like that? Yeah, they mentioned that as well. And it's like another hint to possibly a kingpin like we're talking about. And it's just like you could see like the instant fear that comes over him. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's the type of building that when you finally bring that big character through, yes, it makes it all the better because you're building because you're building them up and you're seeing how these other characters are receiving and well, not receiving, responding to the name or even the implication of the person right. before they even show up, and you already know that this guy's a big deal. What are the chances that we see in a future episode that? Uh, the only reason why they want Hawkeye is because Yelena made a deal with Kingpin slash maybe Maya Lopez. That's not a bad one. To to get him and, and that but way. They, but remember, they weren't after Hawkeye until he came with the suit. Right. But also it could it could be a relation to Ronan. Like maybe they'll figure it out at the end who he is. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. You listen, you're not gonna have where Kate Bishop doesn't know. That Hawkeye was Ronin. No, no, no. You have, Obviously, you have it's to. going to come out at some point that Hawkeye was Ronin. And it kind of is suspicious to me that, you know, in the MCU where seemingly there's technology for absolutely everything, that the only people that ever knew he was Ronin mm -hmm. was Black Widow and his wife. Yeah. You're going to have a breaking point where I think Yelena comes in, you killed my sister, and Kate Bishop's going to be like, what you, you, you did 
and she and she realizes wait maybe that's why and she's and she like all of a sudden stops looking up to him as like this whole like role model and stuff like that and becomes like a breaking point for the two characters yelena is a real question mark for the remainder of this series because this episode is setting up the jack thread Mm -hmm. a lot and at the end of the episode we see them go to the mom's eleanor's house and we see them looking up to try and get information on jack see them trying to get information on all these different things and the thing that's left to me is there's still a massive thread that has yet to be pulled here I want to say that after this series is done, I want to say they they will make a second season. This is a show where they definitely could because there's so I feel like there's so many loose ends you're gonna have. So so I agree with you because this is a show that unlike uh, what you call unlike WandaVision, where it was really just the concept to get Wanda to a certain point. Yeah. Here you're introducing a hero and you have one of your main Avengers still from the original OG group. And you're trying to build a story for both of them, and there's so many threads coming in. Possibly Fisk, Echo, the Tracksuit Mafia, Kate Bishop, Jack, Armand Duquesne, you know, all these different things. And that's the best part about TV shows is that you can't, with a movie, you can't have all these characters and have to introduce them. Just like say, like for example, Eternals, like that. Yeah, I, I, I you, you, you read, I read your mind. You right? read my mind because what was my number one complaint with the Is Eternals? There's two. Yeah, I know. Not, a, not, not enough. enough. Not, even though it was almost three hours, it yeah. still wasn't enough time to it's introduce still, that many yeah. characters. And I think that's what's great about this TV show. Probably, honestly, one of my favorite TV shows that Marvel has done right now, besides like Agents of Shield, obviously. For for Disney Plus, I think it's by far probably one of my favorites for action and comedy and everything like that. Yeah. No, I. You see, this is the type of show. That doesn't have some really multiversal conflict to it. At the end of the day, this is a personal story mm-hmm. about Hawkeye and his tragedy of when he was Ronin and Kate Bishop's rise into becoming a hero. Yeah. It's about something very simple and it's taking place in the context of Christmas season in New York, which is something we've seen movies and some of us like me and you who live near New York have personal experience with growing up. I can tell you this right now, every Christmas, I'm probably going to watch this series. Yeah. I mean, this is becoming like a Christmas series, too. They've been playing Christmas because music. Because Quint Barton's whole arc is centered around him making sure he can figure out this conflict in a way to get home to his family. <laughs> He's like Santa Claus. Don't worry, I'll be home you know, for, for Christmas. I'm no, and go. like you see, like in this episode, Nathaniel's talking to him on the phone, and he's like, are you going to be coming home tonight's Christmas movie marathon? He's like, okay, it's okay if you can't come home, Dad. And I'm like, oh my God. Exactly. And it's like, it's break, heartbreaking that Quinn is not going to be able to be there. It is. It's terrible. You know? But actually, let's talk about something else quickly. So, beginning of this episode, obviously we mentioned the mystical flying cameo of the hand of possibly Wilson Fisk. But we get to see Maya Lopez's backstory in its entirety. That's basically how they open the episode. Yes, they do. And we get to see her rising through the ranks as a little girl going into these karate or whatever you want to call it. And she's winning. And you can see she's got a natural fight. And just like, I'm not sure, I'm not even sure if this is a comic thing, but you know, she has a prosthetic leg. She does. And she's still kicking ass. And it's kind of hard for me to root against her once you see what happens with her father and Ronan. Well, you can tell her father even said to her, it's not about the size, it's about the speed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's basically how she was learned. I mean, it's I'm excited to see how this character develops even more into the MCU. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even with Kazi, same exact thing. I'm praying that this is not a one-off character, Echo, 
because I really do think that there's a lot well, of potential here, especially if you're going to be introducing Kingpin. There is so much potential for her to become almost like a more an a moral questioning person because you know that what she's doing is based on what she thinks is right. Well, yeah, but you also have uh the uh, what's it called the Echo series that's gonna come soon. Well, that okay. So, well, well, then there you could, go. I it, forgot about that. It could. I mean, listen, the series could be taking place after or before. Like you don't know. I would imagine it would be after. I would imagine it would be after the series, but you know, it could happen. We have to see until the show's over of, of exactly what happens. But I mean, listen, they have the tracksuit mafia, which also I I just realized that their business was called Trust the Bro. Trust the Bro, because <laughs> literally all they say is bro. Which is hilarious. Yeah, you hear it like ten times every bro, a minute from bro, them. Bro, 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 Jeez, but I mean, listen, I'm I'm really excited to see the next episode. Like I, I this this episode got me wanting so much more for what happens next, especially when we got all got with uh with Jack and Hawkeye, want like possibly fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, and look, I think that's how it's going to open next episode. I do. Because, look, we've seen the conflict between Jack and Kate simmering on the surface here. We've already seen it. Because we saw him with that fencing match with that they had in episode two. Yes. And then, obviously, she sees Armand's candy in his hand. <laughs> the same candy that you see in his apartment next to his dead body. He handed me a butterscotch. Seems like a nice gesture. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's, it's funny because they make these jokes out of it. But it's at the center of the story. I mean, listen, it's this. Uh, like one detail I, I also enjoyed was the fact that they mentioned uh, that Ronan is dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so Quinn tries to play it off like Ronan is dead. It would have made more sense if he killed him. That I don't know why he said that Black Widow killed Maybe him. Maybe he didn't want to have any. Well. Okay. I get why he said that. Why did he say it? What was, what, what because remember, the last time the Ronin appears is in Endgame when he's in Japan slaughtering that guy. Right. As soon as Natasha shows up, it's like that part of him is left behind. Mm. So to him, Black Widow killed the Ronin and brought back out Quint Barton. Okay, okay. I like that. I think, I think it's more of a symbolic gesture than it is that Black Widow actually killed him. I like that. Okay. It's convenient that and by the, and for the and for the record, the constant mentions of Black Widow in the show, it's it, it, it only furthering how important I think Yelena is going to be down the line in this I series. Think, I think so too. Because episode one, you got him at the show and he's focusing on Natasha. Episode two, you got uh, what did they call it? The uh, the catch and release. Catch and release. That the next old move. Old move. You know, and then this episode, you got Black Widow being mentioned here. The constant references to it. I don't think it's being done for no reason. No, I mean, everything has been referenced pretty well. I mean, there have been so many connections. It's really great. And I, like I said, I can't wait to see what else that they do. With but you just episodes. didn't like Rogers the Musical. No. You wouldn't go. You're telling me. I re- would go. Re- I real would... life, they have a Rogers the Musical. You're not going. I would go. But if I don't like it, I, I will walk out. Oh, come on. I will. He's your favorite character. How could you not be dedicated to going and staying? Because it's like, it's, I just don't see it. It's Captain America. It's Steve Rogers. It's your boy. You would go if it's Iron Man. D- d- am I, I, would, I would sound like such a hypocrite if I said no. Obviously, I would. <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't see myself going to it. If I was, if somebody <laughs> bought me tickets, I'd be like, all right, let's go. Fine. 
Um, but I'm not gonna go buy buy tickets to go see I it. I don't know, man. You you bash that musical so I'll go, hard. I'll go for a gag, maybe. I don't know. That, that's pretty much it. Oh my god. Listen, Ant Man wasn't even there. No, okay? he wasn't there. I know <laughs> he wasn't there. And that's also cool because they actually referenced the Pym particle too. And I was I was talking to you on the phone with that too. Is that the Pym particle, the arrow? Oh, how did he get that arrow? Like, there was no shot. Maybe they talked about it like at the funeral. Hey, you think maybe some arrows? You re- you think that's really the time though? Tony Stark's funeral. Clint Martin's like, you think they Clint even care? Clint, that you, Tony's dead. You think they? Ca- you think Hank Pym cared? Well, all right, Hank Pym doesn't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. No, no I know. Because, well, uh, I mean, you know, he, maybe he does give a shit. Because this isn't Howard Stark stealing his ideas. This is Howard Stark's son saving the entire universe. Okay, 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 okay. Gotcha. I feel like there there's more of a respect for Tony than there is for Howard. But there could, but there could have been a, a mention of anything, maybe even after the funeral. Well, I look, I, I think, I think you're right. I think that there was some sort of connection there, and even then, he knew Scott Lang. No, he did. He he literally shot him off off one of his arrows. There you go. You know, he's met Scott Lang more than once, right? I completely forgot about Civil War too. They had a what's called. There was actually, I saw it was confirmed that he was actually supposed to make an appearance in the show. Yeah. But they couldn't, I think, due to COVID. Yeah. Well. They actually, it was kind of funny because now we're talking about the arrows. They had a whole different type of arrows. That, the Play-Doh arrow. The Play-Doh arrow. This, like, uh, what, the plunger? I mean. The plunger actually was helpful because the, the one that it was used for was actually to help them get off the train. Yeah. Uh, they had the smoke arrow. They had, the one that I thought was cool was the uh, the one where it pulled all the trees. It yeah. Was like, it was, like, pretty much where it branched out and just took everything in. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I think those are the only arrows besides maybe the one that exploded. Yeah. Well, yeah, the exploding yes. arrow. And then she's like, and there's four more more dangerous than this? Oh, the acid arrow. The acid arrow, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, listen, there. he's like, and I like how they reference also, oh, there, there's no trick arrows. There are trick arrows now. Yeah, of course there is. You really think in the MCU there wouldn't be at this point, man? I, I mean, this is this is crazy. And, awesome. and it's the MCU's technology just getting all the more crazier. I know it got good. Once I saw Hawkeye do his sig- signature with the with the uh, oh yeah when he's fighting Echo yeah like You're that right. was great and especially I like when he went in the ball pit too he was like oh, fell shit. into the ball pit right after he beautifully shoots the the tape off the wrists of of uh, Kate dude just the just the magic that he produces with the with the bow and arrow is is incredible it's superhuman man I love it so much yeah. But I thought this was really a great episode. I did. I, I thought I thought this one was really really good, uh, and I like the direction they're going. Again, Marvel's TV is at its best when every week you feel like something is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like our biggest gripe with Loki was that third episode where yeah. they were on Lamentis, and we felt like yeah they're getting to know each other, but like nothing was accomplished. No, it was the slowest episode. It- they were just talking about it to each other, just making a connection the whole time. And and that was the point of it. But it didn't feel like it moved the plot along in a big discernible way. It didn't have the flair, the action, or anything like yes. that. And whereas here, I think this is a real template as to how you do it. Where you get your two main characters to have a connection of some sort. Even yeah. though this one is not a romantic connection, yeah. it's a mentor and mentor... Well, I don't even know. <laughs> mentor and trainee. You yes, know? mentor and, and trainee. And you know... You have that connection here between Quentin Hawk, Quentin yep. Kate Bishop. Yes, and I think that's why that this show is definitely going to get a season two. Oh yeah, I would love it if it gets a season I would two, love especially, it if it gets... especially if they finish strong. I, I would absolutely love it. It, would, would, it would be great. So, but I mean, any final thoughts on this episode? 
Just that I'm excited for the next one. Anytime. Anytime they put out a good episode, I'm always excited for the next one. So, yeah, that's just about it for us here. Uh, for all of us at the MN Marvel Mania podcast, I've been Mike. And I've been Nick. And we will see you all soon. Take care, everyone.